better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Real Science Cast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. Uh, my name is Kenan Smith, and I'm a mancubus. Uh, hey everyone, my name is Sean Crossan, and I'm a uh, Dwayne the Rock monster. <laughs> Hello, um, my name is Michael Pace, and I'm just your, I'm just your your everyday Barney the Dinosaur. Really, just coming in to sing some good songs. And not be related to Doom whatsoever. Barney the Dinosaur. I would say if you're Barney the Dinosaur, you're a little bit closer to maybe a Hell Knight, I would say. Pace is kind of the Hell Knight of the podcast. Wait. Hell Knight is really good energy. I like that a lot. Can I be a Hell Knight? Yeah, I think that you're a Hell Knight. Um, Okay. Do we... What what sort of vibe do we think that Sean has? Do we think Sean is kind of like uh, a big floating large mouth with a single eye that barfs balls of energy uh, i'm sorry kenan i already said i'm monster the rock johnson and oh. all my friends just call me monster johnson <laughs> <laughs> that's gross that's you really P- disgusting you got a phd it's actually donster jackson Dongster. Wait, what? <laughs> you just say, no, they just call me Dr. Monster Johnson. <laughs> Dr. Monster Johnson. Sorry, my uh, I've had two glasses of wine and my mouth isn't working anymore. You decided that when you get a PhD, they just add the letters DR to the f- whatever your name is. <laughs> That's it. Oh, your name is Monster. I thought the monster was an honorific. No, 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 my name is Monster. The Rock is an honorific. It's Monster the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Well, that's a nickname. An honorific would have to go at the front or the end. Sorry, so, like, it's Doctor have... Monster the Rock Johnson. That's my name. Doctor, I think it would be Doctor Monster Johnson, comma the guys, Rock. Are you guys? Are you guys done? Are we gonna? Uh, I think we've. I think you've run the course of this <laughs> um, conversation. Face, I don't think we're anywhere close to being done talking about my Monster Johnson. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Stupid. That's true. That's we all. We all know how. Joke. How widely acclaimed. Your Johnson is. <laughs> uh, this week we watched uh, a movie that ha- came out on a, a date, and it's called Doom, and The Rock is in it. 2005. It came out in 2005, and Sean's penis is the star. And I'm, I'm going to just pretend my parents don't listen to this show. Uh, Sean's penis came so out in 1991. Oh, God. Sean's penis experienced a mid-year release of 1991. Um, yeah. Right. I would say, in general, based on my, uh, based on crowdsourced feedback, that Sean's penis has fared better than this movie has. The Rotten Tomatoes rating for Sean's penis is definitely higher than Doom. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'd hope Doom's so, only nineteen percent. So. I can personally say I've had more of an experience with the movie than I have had with Sean's penis, so I cannot personally comment. We'll be rating the movie instead. If if you had to speculate, though, you would assume it's got to be better than the movie, right? I would think higher than nineteen percent. Oh yeah, for sure. I would say that your penis, depending on the day, oh. probably has a solid rating of like seventy to eighty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Sixty-nine percent. Oh, it's got I a sixty-nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice, perfect. Yeah, that uh, sounds about right to me. Pace, what rating do you feel like your penis has on Rotten Tomatoes? Mm. 
Uh, wow, Ken, that's a really personal question. I'm surprised that you've broached broached this topic. I feel like I've topic. known you long enough. Like we as podcast. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say like like a really just like hefty ninety seven is what is, they also call it that too. Wow, they also call it the hefty ninety seven for sure. Holy shit, you heard that, yeah. ladies? Like you get the extra four ounces for like only five cents. You know, oh. whenever you go to the gas station. Yeah, you're telling sure. me that your penis has a rating of ninety seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. It's certified fresh. Is that what you're telling me? Your dick is certified fresh. But I, I also don't get around. So like the, the sample, that's like an end of like very low. So <laughs> I mean, that's fine. If the end's higher than three, then like it's technically, you know what? Actually, if the sure. end's higher than three, then that's statistical. And if it's not, then it's clinical data. So either one is valid in its own way. <laughs> yeah, I think we're fine. I think that I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in the clear by claiming a 97, hefty 97. Okay, good. Um. I, Kenan, I would ask you, but I've honestly think we've uh, gone, we've talked too long about penises, so maybe we should. I'm uh, just impressed that Pace's penis did better than Dunkirk. That's the only thing that I. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not surprised, not entirely surprised there. Um, but we can't all be as good as Dunkirk, Kenan. You're better so. than Dunkirk, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, be, well, we can't all be better than Dunkirk. You're the um, Mad Max Fury Road of penises. God, Are you looking for movies with a 97% rating? <laughs> no, I just know them. Actually. Oh. Yeah. Okay, good. Offhand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Before we do the show. Yes. Oh, good. We should disclaim some things. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I thought this was going to be more dick content. No. But, hey, Pace, thank, well, you for, I, th- thank you for getting us on track, Pace. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I can talk about penises if you'd like me to in the disclaimers. No. Um, well, maybe you should mention that we're going to talk about I guess it sort of. We already did. Purpose, right? Yeah. <laughs> we did already rate our dicks, but you should definitely say the disclaimers. We should rate our, all of our penises together. Uh, no, so no, this no, is no, a no, no, no. show. This is a, a podcast where we talk about science along with uh, movies. And whatever else just happened. And <laughs> whatever and, else pops into our brains. And sometimes uh, male members can be brought into the discussion. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time it's actually science and it's complicated. So you might encounter uh, some minutiae and lexicon that you might be unfamiliar with. But we're going to do our best to familiarize yourself with it. We're also going to use some profanity, mm-hmm. which we will watch. We'll watch our profanity. Um, but sometimes we can't see it and it just gets right up behind us and it just like, it just sneaks, it just sneaks right up and it just uh, taps right on the in. shoulder and it's like, Oh, here you are. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out the mouth and then it's in your ears. So watch out for that too. So put your kids in the, uh, put your kids in the underground soundproof basement and, mm-hmm. uh, you should be good to go. That was good. Actually, that was, that one was fairly succinct as far as our, thanks. That was a quiet go. place reference. Yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I I also want to say, and I don't think this is said enough on our podcast, that like if we don't explain something well enough, you should yell at us and we'll do a better job. Because we're trying to like ultimately the goal is to explain things that are in movies that are either correct or incorrect, but make sure that we're explaining it in a way that it's actually accessible and not only makes sense to our dumb, weird brains. Um, also to that point, I understand like we are experts and we do know everything about everything that is in science Mm -hmm. but if you feel like you know something better than we do um because you're qualified then you should say something if we get something wrong and then we'll talk about it on the show i think that's important and the thing is if you really uh call us out and we don't want to talk about it on the show we we won't because you know we have a podcast and you don't and yeah exactly yeah we can (laughs) we, we can control the flow of information into the public if we say something too stupid 
Um, sometimes I can cut it out in post, but other times we can just pretend like it never happened because I can tell you from experience, no one ever references anything from our podcast that happened a long time ago. So, Mm. you know, it's, it's great actually that this is like sort of a a comedy science movie podcast, because then if we say something really stupid, it just retroactively becomes a joke. It works for the president. Why, why why can't it work for us? Nice. Fuck. It made me I was that was funny and then it, I died a little inside realizing that, yeah, that, that was check, a reality. And then it sucked because it's real. <laughs> cool. uh, we should do the plot of the film. We should do the we plot. Should, so just I to think. clarify again, we watched Doom from two thousand and five. We did movie based on the video game. Mm-hmm. Including The Rock and Carl Urban and Co. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a female lead. I do not remember the actress's name, and I will give her. I, once I'm able to pull it up from my mind palace, uh, I will give her the appropriate attention. I just cannot, for the life of me, remember her name. Kenan, it's Roseman Pike. Fuck. God. I knew she had the last name of a weapon, but I couldn't remember Rosamund. what weapon that was. <laughs> Rosamund. Rosamund Pike. Rosamund, Rosamund, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, she did good. I mean, she had the same face the whole time, but I mean, it's fine. Well, it's not her fault that the director who made this movie did a bad job writing a female lead. That's completely accurate. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Who did the plot last time? Uh, I'm going to say me so that I don't have to do it this time. I did roll. So why don't you guys... Why don't, Kenan, why don't you tell me what you got? All right. We'll see how this goes. Fuck. Hell yeah. I can eat my butt. <laughs> I won for sure. What'd you roll? I, I rolled a three. You rolled a three? I rolled an 11, but I can't do the plot. Well, okay. Sorry. I could... But it would be a very hazy dream. Why don't you just... Hey, you know what? I don't want to talk about the plot of this movie for more than like five minutes. So why don't you just do I it? I don't either. So let me do... I will tell you is... Okay, so this is a movie. So far, so good. You're starting the yes. plot. Okay. Yes. I, I'm ready. Sorry. Let me just give me a popcorn out. I'm ready. No, it's all right. Yeah, hold okay. on. Wait, I am going to... I have wine already. I'm just going to hold it though. Okay. Oh, I, see, yeah, I, see, I see you holding that. I've got my giant um, supersized icy that I'm going to drink. This is a movie set in the future. Um, I think it's in 2026. Kate, can you not slurp? I'm trying to give a, a plot. Sorry, synopsis. it's just my icy. It's just Sorry. the straw is really big. It's and I have a slurpy, so actually it's required. I I'll just take you one, know, you one, think one, I would, one more sip. One more sip. Just one. You more. think I would get used to the rude behavior over time, but I'm I'm still flabbergasted and taken aback by it. Um, this is a movie set in 2026, and uh, I think it's on Mars. Yeah. Right. Yep. We start on Earth, but it is mostly on Mars. It take, yeah, it all takes place on Mars. Um, and it's essentially, there's just these these marine boys. And these marine boys are really big bro dudes, right? <laughs> and they have a job to do. And their job is to secure, maintain some data and some perimeters and things. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. as they're going about doing this, they they have to go, they have to go kill some baddies. And these baddies are some kind of like... Um, I guess like de- like kind of demon boys, but also alien looking boys too. Mm-hmm. And they're killing all of them. Like they're killing all of them. They're also losing their own boys in the process because they're very dangerous boys. Mm-hmm. And all while all this is happening, there's also some science. Like there's some some, some scientists oh doing God. some things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and these scientists are like trying to figure out what happened in the past that led to all these bad alien mm-hmm. and demon boys. Has to do with like chromosomes and like. Uh, evil and good and shit. And so the rocks. Oh, the rocks in it. He has a gigantic laser gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he does that. That he uses gun. once, I think. Uh, twice, twice, actually. I think. Cannon. I think twice. Uh, but he only has one round. And that's all he needs. Um, which is all that. 
That was good. <laughs> I made a joke in my head. I'm not going to make the joke out loud. Um, so we get to you the You were going to say that he has one round, but there's a, a, a period of about 12 minutes before he can fire I was going to make another penis joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I got you. Like, I got you. Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a refractory right, cool. period for the BioWave gun. I, I just, yeah, that's exactly yeah, right. BioForce. Um, Sorry. Yep. Uh, and so uh, eventually they figure out like what's going <laughs> what's going on with the evil things and like oh they have yeah, the, all these bad me. things they have like 46 chromosomes and they're infectious and like for some reason that's one extra chromosome pair by the way mm-hmm. and the extra chromosome pair is an ind- is like indicative if someone is like actually evil or good and so that's the morality aspect of the movie and so it turns out that the rock is bad and carl urban who's like big who's like really good like lawful paladin marine bro and then the Rock is the bad Marine, bro. They have a fight at the end, and then we have an FPS shooter scene, and then the movie ends very anticlimactically, and that's the plot synopsis. Yeah, so like what you're <sighs> saying is that a scientific company on the Earth, UAC, discovers a portal to Mars. That portal takes them there, and then they discover basically an ancient archaeological dig where a species of humanoids lived, uh, and it turns out that those humanoids had a virus that rampaged through them in the form of an additional chromosome that was able to detect genetic markers for good or evil, and it turned some of them into superhumans and some of them into mar- monsters, and then those were released into the facility, and the Rock and his team were sent there to stop it, but then they were overrun and had to prevent it from getting back to Earth, and the Rock went mad with power, and while trying to help the scientists and Carl Urban received the injectable from his sister and became superhero and fought the rock and saved the day. Did you not get that from what I said? Yeah. <laughs> okay. This I'm just making sure we're on the same page. I just Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just All wanted right. to recap like for the for the listeners. No, that was I mean that was almost as good as mine. Yeah, it was okay. like the I mean, drunk history plot summary version and then the like <laughs> fucking Abed from Community. Kenan, like, that was plot summary. That was Kenan, that was amazing. That was perfect. And I love you for that. Um I had a brief moment of clarity. Drunk cop, smart cop. That was the the paradigm. It was amazing. Yeah, that's pretty miraculous. There's there is some science in this movie though. There actually is some words that are used in the scientific community in this film. Yeah, like chromosomes. Yeah. I guess uh, we have to yeah. talk about it. I think that's the next step. Sean. Yeah. I, if I recall, you t- you uh, you did quite a bit of work in, in writing down some of the scientific aspects of this film. Yeah, I think we heard if early on today that you said that you had done quite a lot of research uh, in regards I, to this film. I mean, I took some notes on some of the, the nonsense that was spouted during this movie. Would okay, like let's to, hear it. Uh, what notes... Yeah, please. All right. So do you, one of the I, I w- do you mind if I if can I interrupt just real quick to say that oh, um, oh please. So, please so you've done a lot of research it sounds like for this film in order to oh, prepare, tons, prepare us tons, for the podcast tons. today. Yeah. Um, I have for the past um a uh, couple weeks or so uh been playing Doom Eternal. Um, so I feel like okay. I've done a lot of research for the real world version of what occurred in this film. So if you guys have any questions at any moment about um, what really happened in the Doom story? I'm, I'm. Want you to know that the resource is there. Like I'm, I'm available. Okay, good. So that. you can clarify cool. things from Great. the actual Doomiverse. Yeah, from the us. Doom, from the Dooms Doomiverse. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Okay. Um. I'll. So first off, chromosomes. I guess what we are, should talk about what a chromosome is. Right. What are they? Right. So a chromosome is essentially just a really, really large piece of DNA. You know, it contains genetic material for an organism, and it is capable of being, like, uh, replicated and, like, segregated during cell division. So it's, like, part of the genomic DNA. So it's, like, it's your DNA, basically. Your DNA is Yeah, it's where your genes are in your cells. Right. It's a method of organization for your DNA. 
Yeah. It has like exactly. a very specific yes. way that it's organized. An ultra structural organization mm-hmm. right. of your DNA. So like you don't just have like 50,000 individual gene fragments of DNA floating around. You have 23 pairs of chromosomes and on those are all of the genes and other DNA stuff that your body needs to make a human. Yeah, and whenever you guys see these like chromosomes displayed in science fiction or otherwise, it's as they're like little X's sometimes, and sometimes they're uh, little sticks sitting next to each other. The reason they look like that is because that is your genetic material, D- your DNA, wound around other proteins as a method of organization. Mm-hmm. So when you see chromosomes, really that's DNA, but it's wound really, really, really tightly into, as Pace said, an ultrastructure. Yes. Yes. And I think... We've also talked about alleles before on the podcast, and importantly, we talk, we're talking about pairs of chromosomes, right, where you have two analogous chromosomes next to one another, mm-hmm. ultra-structurally, ultra, ultra and whenever we talk about more than one allele, we're talking about the same gene on these two chromosomes that make up a single pair. Wow, I'd gotten that wrong. Right. I thought that was the person who did the voice of Sonic, the hedgehog. <laughs> Allele White. <laughs> <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> you bastard. Does anybody have any cheese? Oh, Pace left. <laughs> I guess, Sean, you want to keep going? Yeah, I'll keep going. Um, okay, no, so that's what a chromosome is. Uh, but in, this, in the context of Doom, the reason they bring this up, so humans have 23 pairs of chromosomes, and in the movie... Uh, as Dr. What's her name? Pike. That's the actual actress. Rosamond. Rosamond Pike. Yep. What's, Rosamund the, Pike. what's the character's name? Uh, that's Samantha. a great question. Sam. Sam. Her name is Sam. her name is Jolene. Her no, name is Jolene. That's lying. It's Sam. So <laughs> Sam is uh doing her, you know, monologue, uh, her science monologue that's like describing all of the research of everything that's going on at this mo- uh, Mars base. Mm-hmm. And she's saying that they discovered the archaeological remains of an ancient civilization that has 24 chromosomes, not 23. And she claims that this 24th chromosome has made this species of humanoid people super strong, super smart, they have no disease, and they can heal almost instantly because their cells replicate 50 times as fast. This is all what she's saying based on this chromosome. And so I think we should first talk about, like, what a chromosome does. All, all a chromosome is is just a way to organize your DNA. So really yep. what is doing stuff in your cells are the, the genes on the chromosomes are being translated into proteins, and the proteins are doing stuff. So that's, that's how that actually works. So, guys, if, if the basis for this whole thing is that the chromosome is making people smarter and stronger and healing faster. They're essentially saying that there is a genetic basis for intelligence, for healing and for strength. Do you guys think that is something that's possible or well, like correct or here's, here's the thing. It's a gigantic leap to make. It's because it's basically just saying if you add in one more quote unquote chromosomes worth of DNA to someone, that's enough to add all of these features at its basis level. That's what they're trying to claim, right? But but you can. But a last thing I'll say, just really quick, is that it depends upon the genetic makeup of that chromosome. 
and how it also interacts with how all of the genes in the other 23 pairs of chromosomes are expressed in order to produce the resulting phenotype or actual characteristic or trait because you'd have to have synergy among among all the sort of like uh, genetic interactions of the chromosomes to create these things because you already because the chromosomes that you already exist already establish features like intelligence strength all these things the extra chromosome would have to complement this not just like act uniquely and independently yeah pace is kind of harping at what i wanted to say as my answer for sure like i think one of the things that needs to be appreciated and please feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but dna is not organized in a way that is just says like okay this piece of dna is important for coding kidney cells or this piece of dna is important for coding skin cells or blood cells like that organization is spread out over lots of different loci or locations on your dna so I think what pace what you're getting at is you're saying that like there are pre-existing determinations made in the rest of the human body and the rest of these chromosomes on their DNA. So if in some way chromosome 23 is complementary to those processes, if they enhance somehow, I mean 24 in this case, 24. Right? Sorry, it enhance yes 24 somehow the pre-existing encoded yes. instructions for producing a human body. Then sure, the 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 things that they produce that they say in the movie make no fucking sense. But if you were to add an addendum onto the human body, maybe. Yeah, I would say like the biggest fallacy is what always occurs in all of these movies is that the traits that they always want to enhance are things that are not like one strictly genetic or two even like remotely regulated by like one or two genes. So like your intelligence, it's extremely subjective as to what intelligence actually is to say that there would be a gene or a small group of genes that you could give to someone that would just make them smart doesn't actually make any sense in the context of what intelligence means same with strength like it's not like your muscles just work better like you just need more muscles to a certain point to be stronger you can't just be strong and look exactly the same you know so like yeah that's one of the classic fallacies that happens all the time it was the same in rampage like where they're like oh now this thing's strong and the same with they yeah. talk about cells replicating yeah. faster so that you heal faster. That's just doesn't that's not how that works. You know, like it's not that our ability to heal is limited by how fast our cells replicate. It's based on tons of other stuff, like which cells are responsible for healing wounds, which cells aren't. Also, you don't want cells to just replicate fifty times their normal rate. That doesn't that's not a good thing. We we've talked about no, it's not. this before on the podcast because I know there's that's one a tumor. That is a tumor. You're Sorry. correct. No, you're right. That's <laughs> cancer. You're right. Yeah, that's cancer is what you have there. I was just going to say, we've talked about this once before on the podcast, and there is one good pseudoscientific argument, like science fiction argument for being stronger in movies, and it's anything having to do with myostatin. I know we've talked about this. Like there's <laughs> yeah. the ability to build muscle better because of a change in your myostat- levels of myostatin expression, um, which if you guys remember is involved in the regulation of building muscle, um, yeah. mm-hmm. that is the only only thing I would ever believe. And here's the thing, though. You're still only limited by human capability to build muscle and utilize it. Right. And you have to build the muscle yes. in order to use it. Yeah. It just makes it easier it to build muscle. doesn't happen instantaneously. Yes. Right. But so I think that's good about the good discussion about the chromosomes. But another thing we got to talk about is the infectious nature of this chromosome. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sure. So sure. Yep. in the movie... These creatures that are like these hellish creatures or whatever, they are 
Uh, there are Martians in this film. The plot okay. is extremely wrong. For uh, okay, sorry. Whatever. They're Martians. <laughs> but uh, they are essentially shooting out this like retractable, or not retractable, this detachable tongue that yeah. hooks into people's necks and just delivers the chromosome to their mm-hmm. body. Um, and then that infects their whole body. Yeah, if I can paint a picture for the for the for the listeners, uh, the way that this thing functions from like a biological standpoint um, is: Have you ever opened a jar of like gag peanuts uh, and that little snake shoots out? Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. That's actually exactly. It is kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, the monster actually keeps coming up to people, and he's like, "Would you like any mixed nuts?" Mm-hmm. And everyone yeah. keeps saying, "Like, yeah, no problem. I'm I'm super hungry." And then. They, he fucking got him. No one can resist the mixed nuts. No one can resist a salty treat. That's the problem <laughs> in this film. So, sure. so that's one thing. Also, the scientists are uh, referring to some studies they were doing on it, people where mm. they were injecting them with this chromosome and it's making them like undergo all of these, quote, mutations and they're going kind of crazy from injection of this chromosome, essentially creating these monster mm-hmm. creatures or turning humans into them. And I want to get to like what they're talking about in this movie is the infect. Basically, they're saying this chromosome is infectious, and I challenge any scientist to actually think of an example where a chromosome could be infectious. Yeah, because I can't think of any. Like, if you just inject a chromosome into someone's bloodstream, it's not going into their cells. Yeah. So it's not going to actually infect them. Just because you put foreign material in your body doesn't mean it's going to all of your cells. Um, Correct. But I thought what might be a good example is to talk about a way that you could potentially actually deliver genetic material. So we've talked about probably multiple times because Ken and I both work on a virus uh, called adeno-associated virus that's used for gene therapy. Mm-hmm. And the idea of that is you use a virus to deliver DNA or genetic material, and that is how you're getting the genetic material to the target cells. But I also wanted to mention, there's a thing, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but there are sections of DNA called transposons, and it's actually a sequence of DNA that can essentially cut itself out from a large piece of DNA and then insert itself into another piece of DNA. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Which is why they're called transposons, because they're transposable. Um, this is generally not anywhere near on the scale of size of a chromosome. It's much, much, much smaller. Um, but this is an actual phenomenon that does happen. And pe- researchers are also looking into that as a potential way to make um, genetic elements move around from like within cells or from cell to cell or something like that. So there is like an actual real world precedent for quote unquote infectious DNA but it's not on the size of a chromosome. Like chromosomes are just huge relative to genes. So Yeah, I mean that that requires pre-existing machinery whereas what we're literally talking about is treating a chromosome as a like as like as a parasitic entity, which is not mm-hmm. it, which is not a thing as you're saying. Like that requires the chromosome to have its own autonomy in the sense of like actual trafficking or movement. Whereas what you're describing with a, a transposon is machinery pre-existing in a structure to alter another pre-existing structure. Yeah. And yeah, chromosomes like are just the, organized within a cell. Right. Like the proteins in the DNA are working together with mm-hmm. this. So. Exactly. Um, yeah. I just wanted to bring that up because we've never talked about transposons and that is an actual, you know, 
example of that. No, it was good. That was a good point to bring that up. One more thing about the infectious nature of this fucking please, tongue please. thing. Oh, please. There's a scene in the movie, which I'm sure you guys remember, where uh, Dr. Sam has the tongue of one of these monsters just laying on the table. Mm-hmm. And she takes like a little piece of gauze with someone's, quote, brain matter on it. And waves it over the tongue. Terrible. And the tongue like lunges out at the brain matter. And she's like, check this out. And she's essentially demonstrating that the tongue is trying to, is like drawn towards the brain matter of some people, but not other people. And she hypothesizes that it might be based on neurotransmitters. So what's, uh, what do you think about this? <laughs> what do you, uh... Wait, hold on. Yeah. What? Pace, please. Can you say that please again? Please come to this, come to this party <laughs> with me. Yeah. Can you so, say that again? So Pace, so... Uh, there's a scene. The doctor. Tongues on yep. the table. Alien yep. tongues on the table. She's got yep. a fucking right. spork full of brain and she waves it over the tongue and the tongue uh-huh. just lurches at it and she's like, it might be drawn towards the neurotransmitters or something like that. Um, and she also <laughs> sort of says that does the whole thing where like we don't know all of the genetic material in the human genome so maybe there's like good and bad soul elements in there which i'm not even going to address that but uh. okay we we can't <laughs> we we can't i'm not going to i'm not going to address anything regarding a certain morality aspect of human brain tissue but pace, okay that, I, that, it, the hmm. dna is the blueprint of the soul i don't understand why <sighs> I'm also just not going to address the idea of a soul. So let's just like, let's just like keep the train. Let's keep the train on the tracks and we're not stopping any of these stations. All right. Listeners, if you want to talk about souls and demons, please just send, send me a tweet. You'll tweet, tweet at me too. Pace, what if we take a quick pit stop at neurotransmitter station though? Yeah, we can do a pit, uh, a brief pit stop at neurotransmitters. So neurotransmitters are, are these, are these (laughs) tickets, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, neurotransmitters are these tiny little molecules that are released by by nerve cells, um, and it's what nerve cells used to communicate. Some of them have excitatory effects upon cells and make them fire more often, and some of them have depressive effects upon other cells. Um, alcohol, for instance, has a strongly uh, depressive effect in regards to the neurotransmitters that it releases, uh, which is why you sometimes have trouble moving and slurred speech and all those things. But to get to your point, um, so this this scientist is trying to claim that the that the the neurotransmitters in the in the brain in tissue the brain. That, that she's waving over the tongue mm-hmm. is making it sort of behave in an interesting way. Yeah. Now, this could be a hand wavy situation to where we have this alien, completely alien tongue, which we don't know how it works, right? Or what sort of biological phenomena are present in this in this um pace in this tongue but i'm gonna i'm gonna go out hold on i'm just gonna go out on a limb mm-hmm. and say that this my initial impression is that this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because there should be no reason that a neurotransmitter would elicit some sort of you know motor response in some sort of foreign foreign object also make keep, a whole lot of sense. keep in mind that this tongue is from like a human that has been like transformed into this monster basically yeah right just from this extra chromosome right uh so no i'm just gonna say no i have another question in regards to neurotransmitters too so i i think it's important for us to also understand the nature of like uh, let's pretend the tongue can 
detect neurotransmitters, right? Okay, okay. it can't. It can't. Cool. So it can't. That would be that would be dumb. Absolutely but... can't. Um, okay. So Sean is our tongue expert. Pace is our brain yeah. expert. So like this is perfect. Um, so let's pretend that the tongue can detect neurotransmitters. Is there any reason that waving neurotransmitters over any sort of detection method would elicit a response? Uh, so no. No, Kenan. Because, see, here's the thing about all of your sensory organs, like your nose and your tongue. Let's say these uh, can, for some reason, detect a neurotransmitter. The way these are detected is not by fucking sensing their it's presence. It's in the air. It's by the molecule <laughs> contacting a receptor in the sensory yes. organ. So, like, your neurotransmitters are in your brain. They're not being excreted in any way. There's, like, no way that would be detectable in the air by a tongue which doesn't detect that so mm-hmm. right it, it's it's a chemical it's it's a chemical interaction so very so specifically it's, it's... neurotransmitters are not especially volatile uh, which is a property of no. chemicals which no. which is required for them to be for them to enter the air so enter a gaseous state rather than a liquid state voluntarily right so it, yes. it's right. a density thing or rather, I guess it's a boiling temperature, boiling point thing. The other part of that, like what Pace is getting at, what Sean are getting at here is that if you guys have ever heard of synapses, the only reason you're able to utilize neurotransmitters the correct way is because neurons interact over what's known as a synapse, which has areas specifically so the molecules can directly interact with more neurons. Right. They're in extreme close proximity to each other on purpose. Like that's the idea. Yeah, and they're an exchange so, through a liquid in order for that to happen. Yeah. In an aqueous, yeah, and yes. In so, an aqueous medium. So basically that doesn't make any sense. No, it's um, worth shit. And then there were there were two really small things that we really don't have to harp on, but I just have to bring them up or people... Wow, like, oh, do it, Sean. This? this is our podcast. Uh, as the people are undergoing these transformations... Uh, Dr. Sam takes a blood sample out of one of the people and it's just full of giant chunks of black shit. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, those look like um, really bad blood clots. Those look I like guess. blood so clots. I guess There's a very easy dead. way to kill these monsters and it's that they're having aneurysms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that they're, mm-hmm. they're constantly stroking out because their blood isn't flowing around their body. Yes. So you're like, Okay, easy. Yeah, so there's that. And then the other thing is they're saying that adding these chromosomes make mutations happen in people, which doesn't make any sense because mutations are alterations of the existing DNA. You're just adding in new DNA. Right. Like that doesn't. It wouldn't increase the rate of mutations. There's no reason that would happen. Yeah, I mean, unless the DNA that's being encoded by the new chromosome is affecting the previous DNA, but. I don't think we should get into that. Yeah. So. No, that's just a that's an, an unnecessary rabbit hole. I think also something that should be like, and we've talked about this a little bit in the podcast previously, but something that we should uh, touch on is that like, even in regard, like e- even if any type of any of what they've been talking about or what they talk about in this film is possible, in order for you to elicit any sort of change across the body globally like this, and Pace pointed this out during the movie, you would have to elicit that change in every cell uh, or else none of this would happen. And by injecting it directly in the bloodstream, that's not going to happen. Like, and especially not going to happen within five minutes, which is what, yeah. <laughs> this is what we yeah. see in the film. No. Like yeah. that's no. the goal of gene therapy. So like, great. Yeah. If that works, then we're gold, but that's not yeah. how it works. So like even the viruses that the viruses we work with, 
like if you inject them in the bloodstream, you're primarily infecting the liver with the virus that we work with. Like you're going to infect some other tissue, but you're definitely not going to infect every cell in the body. Yeah. Like if we could do that, that would be great, but we can't. So a, a large part of what people in our field do in the pharmaceutical in- industry is try desperately to detarget the virus from the liver. Yeah. So. Because you don't always just want to infect the liver. Right, exactly. But yeah, so those were all the main things that I thought, like, I, honestly, that I was agree. all the science, I think. Um, I think that, unless you guys are opposed, we're, we have some really quality questions that we got from listeners regarding this film. So I think we could jump into those and then hit some more topics that uh, we might not have dug into yet. I did have one more thing. Um, okay. Yeah. Go for it. This another inaccuracy in the film is they were they talk about ST grenades over and over and over again in this movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Those weren't even accurate. ST grenades were invented during World War II and was a hand grenade that very specifically you popped out of its little shell and it had a sticky adhesive on the outside of it so that you could stick it to a tank. Uh, this appeared to be some sort of. I don't know, like bio EMP explosion or some shit. I don't know. It produced like a giant energy wave explosion. So what I'm saying is even the grenades were inaccurate. Wow. Get something right. And you know what? Apparently the military doesn't even have a BFG. No, they They don't. They made that up. They don't. Hmm. The only reason I know anything about the sticky grenades, they stuck in my brain because I looked them up this morning and apparently they are were extremely dangerous when they were first produced because they can just make stick, stick to whoever is using them yeah. and the uh very specifically the ordinance board of the war department in britain was like we shouldn't use these and winston churchill was like no we should make a lot of them and just send them to our soldiers oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. which is great hey well, war is hell man i guess I don't know it also never you. changes so no nope. someone will get that You're right though deep i want to you know what? We talked about hitting some questions. I think it's really important that on this podcast we're able to talk about questions because questions like really. Oh shit! Sean was ready for that. that. So I can't. Yeah, Pace, we always ready. do the ratings for the questions. I can't pull. I wool you know over I'm not sure how I feel about that. Do you want to change the entire flow of our podcast? No, because to, podcast, do that? there's a very limited number of things that I have in the as a constant in my life during COVID. And the podcast is one of them. Yeah. So. Consistency is yeah. key, Pace. People look for those ratings. They People look, they do. order our podcast. Nice. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. Just uh-huh. remember. Poop. Poop. <laughs> okay, cool. Yes, thank you. Pace, you sound like you want to talk, though. So do you want to do the ratings first? Oh, that's fine. I For the science, I don't know. I, I One out of five? Yeah. I guess? Yeah. I mean, it was all very bad <laughs> it was all very bad um yeah, i'd even i'd even i would even go as far as to say that it was it was horrific it was yeah. um it was it was dastardly it was dastardly science um you have any more so, uh, more adjectives no sean i don't no i don't shut up uh i also just want to say that the rock's gigantic laser weapon um I, that, that's not a thing that we're going to get to anytime soon. We should talk we'll about that. Which we'll actually get to in a listener question. Um, no, we will. We will. Um, but uh, in regards to entertainment, I mean, two out of five, it's a big old meh yeah. ball for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I, well, never mind. I'll talk about it during mine. You please continue. You should. I, I First off, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't really like pure action movies. I also don't like first person shooters. So I, I don't, this was not the movie for me. I don't even um, understand. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Mm. 
Sean, you play a decent number of first-person shooters. I think you are globally ranked in Halo, if I remember correctly. <laughs> globally ranked? Yeah, bro. I'm pwning noobs 24-7. Okay. Well, you know. Wow. I, you're definitely like 29. I still think sure. you're good at gaming, but yeah, you just sound old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, I play Halo, but. <laughs> no scoping noobs! Rafflecopter. No scoping all the noobs. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just no scoping noobs, just all day, all night. Um, uh huh. So I thought for the science, I'm gonna give this a one out of ten. It's bad. It's bad. Good. Uh, entertainment. Um, I think I can give it like a three out of ten. It's pretty yeah. bad. It's 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 honestly like if you like action, like there's action, but there's like nothing else. So you don't get any substance. You just don't really give a shit about the characters because there's no yeah. like you yeah. have no reason to care. So yeah, that's why it's bad. But three out of ten. I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> Can it? Again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think science is pretty easy, one out of five. I mean, there's like this movie's not meant for science, but also like, come on. Come on. Like, come on. Some Yeah, come on. Some this science. This was like core level. They just didn't do nearly as much. Yeah. As I think the, the thing yeah. is is like the this movie knew what it was, whereas the core thought it was a better movie. Like this movie knew it was yeah. just action and dumb shit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um even though it was entertaining, it still knew what it was trying to get at. Yeah, agreed. Like it's supposed to be a dumb action movie on purpose. It's just not well yes. executed. Yes. The best part of the movie is the opening scene in which there I mean, I'm, I I don't sorry, not the opening scene. I actually mean the universal logo, which is uh Mars instead of <laughs> Earth. That's the best part of the film. That was cool, yes. right? That was cool. I like I would say the entertainment for me for this movie actually I'm going to give it a 2 out of 5, but the reason I'm giving it a 2 mm-hmm. out of 5 is because the entertainment actually does oscillate between a one out of five and a three out of five for me for the most of this film fair because there's some moments Mm -hmm. in it that are actually really fucking funny and they're not supposed to be and then there's moments in this movie where they're just very fucking stupid uh yeah for a movie i mean playing my standard role in the podcast for a movie made in 2005 it's not actually that culturally insensitive it's not that racist so like it's not i mean there's like one moment of racism but then otherwise like it's not that bad Where the guy's name is Mac, and yeah. he like asked him, he's like, "You don't look like a Mac." And then he says his full name, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, Mac." Yeah, the, jo- like the joke is like Asian <laughs> names are hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, yes. great, yes. <laughs> but otherwise, like, I mean, I think the the writing was garbage, but it, like, it wasn't the worst thing we've seen. So, um, yeah, anyway. which is really making me sad about our decisions to watch movies on the show. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> hey, this was a Patreon movie. Honestly, I'm glad I got to see the first part of Doom because I've watched the ending of Doom yeah. so many times. Like, I've seen yeah. that stupid first person scene because I remember it and I've shown it to people before and been like, hey, you need to know what bad movies look like. Like, watch this. No, I, I'm not mad that we watched this. I'm mad that we watched movies that are worse than Doom. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that we, yeah, we that's have. a good point. We absolutely yeah, yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, Doom was pretty tame compared to what we've seen. Yeah, which yep. makes me yep. sad. <laughs> so getting into, we should get into questions, though. Yeah, let's bust out some yeah, questions. Sure. All right, and we, we've alluded it. to uh, these questions. So this movie was actually... Suggested by our patron, Jeremy Montoya. Um, if you would like to get your movie suggestion on the show, if you go to our Patreon and subscribe at all, then you can give us three movie suggestions and we will pick one and do it on the show. Um, as long as they're not fucking absurd. <laughs> and um, 
yeah also you can feel free to send us in suggestions we still take them from listeners too but if you guaranteed need your movie on the show that's the best way to do it uh so jeremy sent us an email he has three questions in his email and the first one says uh would it take an extra chromosome to become superhuman does regeneration of limbs and parts and wildlife come from an extra or series of chromosomes if so do they create stem cells or trigger stored stem cells to enable growth or something like this um Hmm. Yeah. Well, we kind of talked about, about this a little bit so far. We talked about the, the potential impacts of an extra chromosome and how it's important to think about the interactions of whatever genes were encoded in this extra chromosome relative to the established genome or, the, or whatever genes you already had, right? So we kind of already talked about that. I, I, the first, I, the first, I think the answer to the first question is probably not. No, you don't. You don't. I would say definitely not. Becoming superhuman is is an abstract concept or idea that we based upon not just an extra chromosome, but mm-hmm. the change of a multitude of genes, likely, right? The regeneration of limbs, I think the most common instance I can think of this is the starfish, right? right? Starfish are very, very good at regrowing limbs, and that's just because they have an abundance of stem cells, uh, which have no predetermined fate, as is the definition of a stem cell, and so they're able to regrow these lost limbs over time but this is not because of an extra series of chromosomes it's because of their inherent dna and their inherent genome how they were how they evolved over time gradually over millions and millions of years right not because of some yeah you know you know addition of of new dna that will allow them to do this so so i think that's my take there are like two important things to define when you're looking at this like one okay if you're thinking of extra chromosomes, there are actual like real life instances of humans with extra chromosomes, but generally they cause yes. diseases. So there's trisomy 21 yes. and trisomy 13. There, I think there might be some rare instances where it's occurred with other chromosomes, but in general, if a human is born with an extra copy of a chromosome, this causes a disease state. Down syndrome is generally the one that most people are familiar with, but the idea behind this stuff like, like biologically is that, you know, your cells and your body has evolved to have a certain amount of chromosomes and a certain amount of each gene. And if you yep. just add an extra copy, you, you're generally going to deal with that in a not very good way. So the reason there are only a f- like certain chromosomes that can even have an extra copy, it's because if there was an extra copy of like chromosome one, for example, there would never be like developmentally a human would not be made. So there would be like, you wouldn't get a fertilized uh, egg, like replicating to the point where you would know that there's even a fetus because that just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't be capable of it. So there are real instances where sometimes random chromosome things happen. uh, But for the most part, like mammals and stuff don't handle that well. Like plants, Plants can have extra fucking chromosomes. They're really, they're wild. Plants can do a lot of shit. Plant genetics are garbage. Yeah, but they, but they don't need to do as much as humans do. Like plants are pretty simple in general. Like they don't need to travel. They don't need to like, they have some specialized functions, but it's nothing on the level of what like mammals do. Um, So 
that's the first thing. And then Kenan, I think you had something you wanted to say. No, yeah, I was gonna, I, I was going to actually talk about regeneration to a little bit to a certain degree. Like Pace brought cool. up starfish, like echinoderms, which are what starfish are. You know, other related species uh, can regenerate, and cnidarians, so like jellyfish, hydroids, uh, hydra, these like little uh, small invertebrates that look exactly like the uh, the mythic beast uh that it describes like you can cut them in half and they'll just regenerate or if they get injured they just produce more um and they do do so through a process of like one being fairly uncomplicated it should be noted that like cnidarians like jellyfish coral and hydra can regenerate fairly quickly because they're not that complex in regards to like how they work uh whereas actually starfish which as pace said can regenerate can take months or years to actually regrow limbs and they're also complicated, but not nearly as complex as a human body. So it actually doesn't yeah, matter whether point. or not we'd be capable of regeneration because we're actually limited by biochemistry on how fast we'd be able to regenerate, right? Like those mechanisms yeah. don't exist for a person, but also they would still exist normally, right? Like they would still happen normally at the rate of normal healing, right? And you would still need yeah. to be able to attribute ex- the exact body plan that you started with somehow if you were trying to regrow a limb. Like your your body needs to be able to go, okay, for reference, I grow an arm at this exact length and it's not capable of doing so. We, we, we have those pesky things called bones, yeah. right? That we also would have to regrow. Yeah, so. and like, there's <laughs> yeah. a reason that like we form as like when, when humans humans are growing, we form as like a ball of cells, then it becomes a spinal column that then develops symmetry and then grows slowly over time. Like if you cut off an arm, you're not going to regrow that arm because there's no signaling from the rest of your body not to just fucking start over from square one. Like a lot of times when people are injured, injured, any specific tissue regeneration ends up as scar tissue. And the reason is, is because your body's trying to form skin. Yeah, it's just humans just haven't evolved that way. So like yeah. you can't just give extra genes to make that happen. It's also just not how growth works. <laughs> yeah, all that, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but thanks for the question. Uh, so the second question from Jeremy, uh, and we can go through this pretty quick, but it is uh, nanowalls. Oh we have God. materials this is a very that become solid and rigid upon yeah. impact and soft light when not stimulated, like non-Newtonian fluids. Are nanowalls a possibility or practical? <sighs> Canon? So <laughs> here's the problem, I think. And, and and he gets to this a little bit in his question, right? Like we have materials that do like non-Newtonian materials that become solid upon impact, but like specifically he says in his question, stimulation, right? Like there is, we've talked about this, I think before. And if not, just to like, as in the reference is sticking out of my brain as in Batman begins when they talk about his cloak, right? Like the reason it forms this glider thing is because his hands are electric and it like stimulates the cloak to become a hardened shell. That's actually a real thing. Like electro, uh, electroactive yes. polymers are a real thing. And so you can stimulate a material to become hard electrically, not just from impact. So theoretically, right. you can alter what that material acts like. The problem right. is, is that you still can't pass between pass through the building yes. blocks of those material because they that it, <laughs> it requires interaction. So if you were able yeah. to like, do, say you had a flat sheet of this and it was not 
held in place by electricity. It would still just be like a sheet. Like it would still be like a blanket or what the fuck ever. You know what I mean? Because right. it has to yeah. continue to interact. And if you break that, then those molecules no longer have the capability to interact with each other and thus be reactive when they're stimulated. Right. Also, you have to pass your physical body through them. Yes. And like they're still, they're, even if you turn it into, say you were able to turn a substance into a gas, then back into a solid, the molecules are going to go somewhere yeah. and you're going to push through them with your body and they're going to be not in yeah. the re- like area they need to be. That's so. the other point, Sean, like how the, you wouldn't be able to keep them in place because you are literally pushing them out of the way in order to get through them. <laughs> so Jeremy's third question is, is there a way that a parasite can latch onto its host and make a quote, pop a zomp out of it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also it's incapable of doing this uh, the same way to someone else. Um, yeah, and I'll just read that for now. He's basically saying like, "Oh," and then he well, also hold on, asks, Sean. Are, are "Hold there... on, what? What? Hold on, hold on, Sean. We need to make sure that we acknowledge the historic reference to which Jeremy Montoya is making to our okay, podcast." Okay, let me finish the question. Let me finish the question. Okay. And he says, "And right. also, is any of this relatable to the human genome and markers for psychotic and violent behavior?" Okay. Is there is there evil in our DNA? Yeah, yeah. That should be the title of a documentary, a mockumentary. Um, so the so the first part of this question is there a way that a parasite can latch onto its host and make a quote unquote papa zomp out of it? But also, is it incapable of doing this in the same way to someone else? As a reference back, God, like forty eight episodes ish, like nearly two years worth of episodes yeah, I, back to I am legend. I'm absolutely floored that he referenced Papa Zomp and the Pizza Boys. <laughs> we we sat we, here for fifteen minutes before the show trying to remember what the hell we were talking about. Pace knew exactly what it was. He was like, Pace "Oh knew. yeah, I did." Papa I Zomp did. and the Pizza Boys are here to deliver pizza to Will Smith because <laughs> he won. He was the one hundredth caller. <laughs> uh, Fucking good. So, we appreciate that, Jeremy, a yeah, lot. Yeah, Jeremy, we, do. we love it. We, love we do. It. Yeah. Um, Pace, just real quick, uh, or, or Sean, maybe you're the yeah. one that said that like this should be a TV show about um, evil in our DNA. There's actually a book. Uh, you're welcome, uh, person who wrote this book. Uh, a book called Evil Genes, Why Rome Fell, Hitler Rose, Enron Failed, and My Sister Stole My Mother's Boyfriend. Um, wow. So I don't know if it's science-related wow. at all, but it has a good title. So Probably. It's, it's a good title. So Sure. I think we should answer that question like pretty pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I would be it would I think it would be crazy to say that there are there your genes don't play any role in your behaviors. Mm-hmm. But I think it would also be crazy to say that your behaviors are a direct result of your genes because the the environment the environmental factors that you are experiencing as you're growing up and developing are going to shape the person that you are not it's not and predetermined from your genetic material there's just like no way i agree with you sean and here's another important part to make you talk about the environment and its impact upon development don't forget about the aspect of the environment that's not necessarily related to one's development but related to the atmosphere in which one is presented the social norms and society that we live in dictate what is considered to be evil um Mm -hmm. and and therefore you know it's 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 that part is even less inherent to one's genome and more in which dependent upon the atmosphere in which one is placed Mm -hmm. exactly mm -hmm. um 
And as far as the parasite, so I had actually a pretty, I think it's a good example of like a real world thing, what Jeremy's asking. Basically, would a parasite be able to infect like one host, but not another host? And I think this is sort of a close example. Like it's obviously not the same because in the movie, it's almost like the monsters are like choosing who they want to infect, um, which is not how that works. You know, like it's not based on like a intent um, but in real life, so most people have probably heard of the disease malaria. Mm-hmm. Uh, malaria is caused by a parasitic infection in your blood cells. And there is actually, there are some genetic mutations that give people a resistance to being infected by the malaria um, parasite. And it's the same genetic mutations that cause sickle cell anemia. So... If you haven't heard of sickle cell anemia, it's essentially a it's a recessive genetic disorder where your red blood cells become sickle shaped instead of uh, circular, and this causes a lot of problems. They end up clogging up in the capillaries, and you get like severe pain, and it can be really bad. But if someone is heterozygous, meaning that they have one allele that's the sickle cell allele and another allele that's wild type or normal then they have a resistance to malaria. So that's like a genetic basis for not being preferentially infected with a parasite. Right. That makes sense. Cool. I hope that mm-hmm. made sense. I hope that wasn't too crazy. But no, no, no. I don't think that's a big leap at all. I mean, you like very clearly linked it to the genetic basis. It's just that like the missing piece for us here is as Pace said that I think Pace, what you actually exactly said was that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. That sounds like pace. That's that's definitely something as, you know, with a, a sort of philo- philosophical gusto as I would normally utter. Um, but, but you know, it's... It, it, sure, Kenan. Yeah, sure. It sounds like Pace's um, lexicon. It sounds like... Yeah, it does. What something that Pace said originally. Like pa- the Absolutely. OG Pace said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I did want to make a quick comment on uh, part of... Jeremy's question is, is any of this relatable to the human genome and markers for psychotic and violent behavior? This is a really important question to ask mm-hmm. and actually has broader societal implications than one might think, because if there were genetic, if there was a genetic predisposition for psychotic, but particularly violent behavior, that would be really significant because, because people use the, you know, insanity defense in, in court as a way to absolve crime. Um, and, and it's, it's important to be able to actually establish if there is an actual scientific basis for this that has a, a, an array of, of societal and legal consequences to it. Um, there, and I, and I know Ken and we discussed earlier on about some, some GWAS studies and, and GWAS study is a, a genome wide association study in which, in which multiple humans, uh, genomes are looked at, um, and they are compared and looked. Uh, we're looking for similarities and how those might correlate with certain phenotypes or behavioral consequences of those of those genes, um, and what we can interpret that as. And so, essentially, there have been some studies looking at some uh, looking focusing more on these of the psychosis aspect of it. Um, there is some fairly established evidence that there are some some genes and SNPs or mutations, single nucleotide polymorphisms, 
uh, for things like depression and schizophrenia and bipolar disorder that uh, are, are, are fairly widely recognized, um, but with a huge caveat that, yes, there are some genes that might, that might correlate with this, but the environment and uh, your atmosphere in which you are brought up and raised plays a huge role in this. And, and, and violence, on the other hand, is such often an isolated incident um, and almost certainly a, produ- a, a product of, of one's environment that, uh, to my knowledge, there's, there's no genomic or sort of predisposition for, for at least recurrent violent behavior uh in humans that i know of yeah at this point in time yeah i think like it's what's important to just so two important pieces from there is that like um one thing to keep in mind when like the listeners if you ever see studies that are done like this too that very specifically reference GWAS studies there is a degree of skepticism that is very necessary when looking at these studies because by their inherent nature they discuss linkages between things correlations rather than causations most often yes and while that's important overarching data it's not definitive data for root causes of things their importance for looking at large amounts of data that has relationships on a genetic basis so you can think of it as like big data studies so you can't look at them necessarily from for a lot of things and say okay this happens because of this and a lot of people had this specific gene so that means this is the genetic basis for this like that's not you, you can't do that with these studies it's bad science yeah it's it's and, and and again like a lot of things like this are in science where they have this variation between like this is implicitly a direct causal relationship whereas a lot of them are over there are others that are overarching studies like this um that are not for that they're for big data um the and- Go ahead, John. I was going to say, to give credit to the scientists that are generally doing these studies, most of the scientists that are performing these are not actually claiming that these are causative results. It's just when people try and read it and interpret it, generally when there's press releases of data like this, it's just a problem. Like someone will boil it down to like, oh, coffee drinkers, like, you know, have a higher risk of having this gene that causes Alzheimer's. And you're like, you just threw so many things in here that were Mm -hmm. not actually relevant to the study or like key points of the study. But so just want to say that it's not like all the scientists doing these are doing bad science. It's just you, they know the caveats going into it. Right. Yeah. Like it's understood in the field that there are caveats. Whereas like when it's often communicated, those caveats are lost. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the other thing that's important too, is that like, uh, some of the studies that Pace is, Pace is talking about like, are things that are linked to specific type of mental illnesses or mental disorders like that aren't violent behavior psychoses like this movie implies. Like this movie implies like there's a genetic basis for misanthropy and violence, which like these things are not linked to. They're just altered no. perceptions. And so like this movie takes an additional leap which is the basis for like a type of, I guess you could say mental illness. Misanthropy is like not a mental illness. Like, I guess if you're a sociopath, there are underlying causes for that, but like, it's not like this is, there's a lot more nature than there or a lot more nurture than there is nature there. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, thank you for the questions, Jeremy. Do we have any other questions, guys? We have one more question uh, from Curtis Ryan DeGraw. Amen. 
at Abnormal Mormon on Twitter. How close are we to portable laser weaponry? Ooh. And why would this be a terrible idea? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a different point at you, Merman. Here, um, I'm gonna say that it's not a terrible idea. No, it's not. Uh, um, and so we are closer to this than you might think. The U.S. Navy uh, or already has functional portable laser weaponry. Now, do tell. these, the, huh? Do tell. I will tell you this. the The challenge with creating this type of weaponry is is creating a portable laser that can have the degree of output in energy, it's measured in kilowatts, uh, to be able to actually heat something up to do damage to it, uh, but also be like convenient to 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 either carry or or you know uh, transport in a way that actually makes sense. Um, but here's here's why laser weaponry is is good and advantageous. Laser weaponry is highly precise and it's also pretty easy to use compared to standard weaponry. Standard weaponry, bullets, bombs, uh, traditional ways of, 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 you know, blowing shit up and killing people tends to have a lot of collateral damage that goes along with it, right? Whereas laser weaponry, whenever leveraged properly and intelligently, can reduce that. And, is, and is, as I said is is highly precise uh and can be leveraged to and this they, they've done some some practices where they've used it to like take down drones and like damage small ships um and it is it's it's fairly effective it's still highly experimental um but it is in sort of the initiating stages of being deployed within the more sophisticated military i guess uh branches so um, we're there and it looks promising actually. And actually it looks, it seems safer and less risky than traditional warfare. Yeah. All right. Cool. Great. Fuck, Thanks for the question. Fucking great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's the future. Thank you very much um, for the question, Merman. And thank you for the questions, yeah. Jeremy. Thank you both. We appreciate oh, yeah. you guys. I'm want to drink more wine and I can't do this on this podcast. So I think that's, not true. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think it's time to announce what movie we're going to watch next. Ooh, now that we have nothing else to talk about. Well, next week, mm-hmm. well, in two weeks, we'll be releasing our episode on Minority Report. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I think it's actually going to be great. This will dovetail really nicely into talking about people being predisposed to do certain things based on their genetics. Ah, uh, right? yes. Oh, yeah. So, mm. yeah. So, we're going to do Minority Report. Um that Tom will Cruise. come out in holy shit. Should I, should I actually do the math on this? Oh, do It'll the come math. out you tell me. on May 20th. So if you want your questions Correct. answered on the show, get them to us by May 13th, because that's generally our recording day. Um, so yeah, we're doing minority report. Uh, get us questions about any, like, ESP, about predicting the future and about genetic predisposition towards violence. Cool. And crying. Oh, and eye surgery. Mm, fun. Mm-hmm. I do work in an ophthalmology lab. Maybe I can look up some eye surgery stuff. I want to know what it's. I want to know if you can pull out somebody's eyeballs and replace them in a chop shop in an alleyway. I don't see why not. Yeah, fuck it. It's the future. <laughs> it's the future. Hell yeah. Do we have anything else? Is there anything else that we need to do? Any housekeeping? Any specific things we need to say, Sean? Why don't we just thank the listeners? Thank so you. thank you all for listening to the show. It's been like. 
fucking 60 episodes. It's been over two years that we've been doing the show. Jesus. So we really appreciate all of your support. Uh, we we definitely want to thank the patrons because it really helps us with covering things like our hosting fee. And we just really appreciate that you guys, you know, uh, help support the show financially mm-hmm. because we, you know, do and this see as a value hobby and it. it definitely helps. Um, we appreciate that you're excited enough about this show to try and see it grow into whatever the exactly. fuck it's become at this point. Exactly. <laughs> um, we want to thank uh, Otis McDonald for the use of his theme song, Third Eye Blimp, as the intro and outro of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also want to say, if you want to get those questions in, just a reminder to everybody, you can send them into realsciencecast at gmail.com. You can post on Facebook on our, the Real Science Cast Facebook page. You can tweet at Real Science Cast, or you can look at our, uh, send us a message on Instagram at Real Science Cast. And if you have any cat-related questions that are science-adjacent, you could send those into realsciencecats at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also, if I you want to do, everybody. if you want to be very truly old school, you can go to our website www.realsciencecast.com, and you can fill out our form fillable uh, question air questionnaire. <laughs> oh yeah. We have a form fillable <laughs> section on our on our website. Will be perfect. It's a good website. It's like it is a good pretty website. good website. We need more shit on it, but yep. first we need to yep. make more shit. So. Yep. We got this. Perfect. We have all this time. You know, William Sp- Shakespeare wrote the uh, plot to Independence Day during uh, the plague. That's true. I forgot about that. Did we ever do this? Did we ever finish edi- editing that second bonus episode? Oh, fuck. Is that up? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll finish that and then I'll upload it. Good point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fucking shit someday i forgot i realized i was like wait i don't think we ever actually uploaded no we didn't sorry depression's taking over my life it's okay don't worry we got it we got this thank you very much for joining us we appreciate all of you i love you please stay safe out there and happy birthday my name is kenan smith uh my name is sean crossan i'm michael pace and remember you don't need good science to make a good movie and also if you talk enough sean won't remember dude to do his quote section fuck wait 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 oh yes no it's it no it's done stop the show (laughs) i'm jumping in doing the quotes media res Uh, we're in media res right now we're right now we're in media res we're in media res Fuck. Kenan. Yes, yes. I have yes. to do the quotes. You can't stop oh, the show. I have oh, to do the quotes. But I have to sleep. Okay. All right, do the jingle. Ready? Okay, Kenan. Quotal bells, quotal bells, quotal <laughs> all the way. I get it. That was very clever. Very oh, clever. what hey. fun it is to ride an unquote open sleigh. Hey. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Sean's Quote, quote Corner. Thanks, Kenan, for that great jingle. All right. So, guys, I looked at both. Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, and their quotes were fucking shit compared to the quote that I got from this movie. Okay, let's hear it. All right, so if you guys remember, this is from the scene where Duke and Sam are performing an autopsy on a corpse, and Duke is just hitting on Dr. Sam the whole time. And uh, what he says is she makes some reference to something, and then he goes... That's not the only secret big thing I've got. <laughs> Rad. So, Check yeah. out my large dong. <laughs>
Yeah. We started out this episode with dick jokes and we ended it with we dick jokes. We bring it full Hell circle. Hell yeah.